0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Toddcast. It's been a while. It's been like two or three weeks since we recorded, I feel like. Yeah. Um, today, we have a very special guest um, on, and he's going to be telling his story. But before we get into it, I just wanted to um, show some acknowledgement for everything that's going on in our country right now uh, with the Black Lives Matter movement. And we were originally planning to have an episode about that, but I think that we both kind of need to do more research. I've been working every day, listening to podcasts, watching documentaries, and reading books, but I just still feel like it's not enough um, so we really want to create a good episode for you guys where we can bring some like historical shit um to the table, our our opinions, I guess, and some encouragements. And I guess this can be kind of my call to action and encouragement right now. If you aren't doing anything, I want you to look into yourself. This is a personal thing. Why aren't you doing anything? Is it because you don't agree with it? And if, if that's the case, why don't you agree with it? <laughs> and if it's not, if you're scared that other people are going to call you out, I think that those are just some deep things you need to reflect on within yourself. Um, so, yeah. I know it's been hard for everyone, but for us white people, it has been the least hard. So if you're yeah. most worried about being called out, that is like, literally i mean it's so insignificant compared to like what black people have to face daily yeah. um, and for the past hundreds of years so um yeah yeah
1: every time i like i would just do research at home and then things would just get deeper and deeper and then i was kind of wondering like how would we would control kind of where the podcast went so we'll do We'll do more prep work and kind of um, figure out how to make it both concise and uh, kind of as as uh, memorable and powerful as we can make it. Kind of we want to be impactful with it. So
0: Yeah, we want to do it good and we realize that, you know, basically no one is going to be able to do it perfectly. Uh, everyone's always going to have something to say like you did it wrong. But um, that being said, we are always like down for being called out yeah in I mean, a respectful all, way and also
1: i mean we're also coming from the perspective of having literally never experienced racism of course in any yeah. way i mean really i mean we were in spain a little bit but that was just like i mean an absolute yeah taste which is it was you know yeah but w- for from, what a month
0: from what which was nothing compared comparatively <sighs> um but even saying that what i've kind of heard from All the uh, podcasts I've been listening to who have black hosts, all the videos I've been watching, everyone is kind of asking white people to take a step up because we are the ones being heard. Um, So even if we can't understand, we can amplify their voices and... Even if we just change one mind or we convince one person to watch a documentary or to read a book or just to look into it a little bit more, I feel like we've done something. That's what the
1: whole podcast is about. Like, at our basis, if you look at our first episode, we're just trying to get people to think about things maybe a little bit differently. So, yeah. without further ado,
0: we are going to introduce you to our very, very, very special guest um, tonight. We are all sitting in my parents' bed, crisscross applesauce. It is my brother, Austin Durham. He's my little brother.
1: What up? Hello. What's up? (laughs) So, we had you on here because you have an experience that has always interested me, and I know a lot of my friends were interested um, with cannabis-induced psychosis, which is something that I didn't really even know about uh, until it happened to you, right. uh, A couple of years ago, so
0: yeah, and I think it's something that majority of people don't know of. And when I tell people about it, I feel like I get a lot of raised eyebrows, thinking like that's not real. And like, don't get me wrong, we're definitely like a weed-friendly podcast, but you know, you gotta know it's not there's some there's some shit that can happen so we just thought we'd bring on Austin he's going to tell um his story uh about his weed induced psychosis um can you how about you just introduce yourself to begin with
2: okay yeah well thanks for having me on guys i feel very honored to mm-hmm. be uh, you know part of the the infamous podcast so that's uh that's cool but um, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name's Austin Durham. I'm 22 years old. Samantha's my sister. I'm currently living in Spokane, but... And your job? And uh, I'm an uh, industrial electric- electrician, so I do um, programming and troubleshooting um, electrical systems. But but yeah, into the, the weed thing, um, I had also never really heard about it, you know, I mean, once uh once it happened and afterwards i was doing a little bit more research into it it was uh it was more of like uh kind of like a second hand thing you know it was like well this person was you know under a lot of stress or this person was you know it was like they were either schizophrenic or extremely bipolar and they mm-hmm. had like they had other medical conditions or other things going on and then i guess that i think that the the weed um guess you could say, like, overdose, you know, like, you go too far. I think that that can be something that can, like, trip it over the scale to make you go and do a psychosis. Did you you
1: see any combination, like, drug stories where, like, they were on something else as well as weed kind of thing? Yeah, I don't really
2: remember, like, the exact drugs, but I definitely remember seeing people taking, you know, multiple different kinds.
1: Yeah. So, uh...
0: I think that we should just start... I mean, we have questions for you as well, but... I feel like you should just start from the beginning and just yeah. Yeah. let's hear the yeah, story. Just, yeah, tell the story. The That's full the full blown way to do it. story.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then I'll interject with like short questions if I'm like trying to clear something up yeah. during the story. Yeah.
0: And I'm also really interested because I mean we we'll give our input too. Like we experienced it with him from a distance, um, but I don't think I've ever heard like the full full on story from your perspective.
2: Yeah. So. Well, so I graduated high school, you know. And when you graduate high school, you, know, you feel like you're on top of the world. Everything's sick. <laughs> and then you uh, you move away, and um, I feel like everyone that moves away kind of starts to realize, like, wow, this kind of blows. You know, I lost mm-hmm. all my friends. Unless you're moving somewhere where you have friends, it's like it's hard to, to meet people your age in um, in a new city besides going to, like, a, a big college. And for me especially, I went to a smaller college. In a very, um, like, specialized field. So my classmates were pretty much the only people that I were I was interacting with the entire time. So um, for me, you know, it was a brand new area. Lost everything I really had. I, I went through a, bre- a breakup around that time as mm-hmm. well. So it was just a very dark part of my life. And um, in high school, I kind of dabbled with weed, you know, and, like, that's what kind of what everybody's doing. It's no big deal. Right. And so that's kind of where I found my crutch in college was, you know, I'd, I'd go to, I'd go to class all day, get home, you know, go to work, get home from work, you know, smoke, kind of try to forget about everything, go back, you know, over and over and over again. And I mean, for a while it was fine, but, and then it just got to the point where I couldn't really pay my bills because I, I wasn't working enough, you know, and the job that I had just wouldn't offer uh, the hours that I really wanted or needed, so I ended up getting um, a job at Subway, and I previously worked at Subway, so it was, you know, a pretty easy transition, and then
1: the weed-smoking capital of the world, Subway. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, getting, get get pretty baked
2: and make some some hoagies, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I was working at Subway, and I wanted to get another job, you know, because I still just wasn't making enough to pay rent and all, you know, I guess my weed habit, if you would say that, you know, because I was smoking a lot, you know, yeah, way more than I ever had before or ever had afterwards, um, so.
0: I also think it's important to interject and say that our parents uh, were not paying for rent, food, anything, so that's kind of, you can imagine, It's it was hard.
2: Right, yeah, for for a while. I mean, for the most part, I was always, I've always just kind of been on my own after high school, paying for all of my own bills. My parents did help me out a little bit with college tuition. Um, but for my first semester, I paid for myself. And then um, pretty much after that, my uh, my grandmother also helped me out with tuition. So that was, that was nice. I didn't have to take out any student aid, but um, besides that, you know, rent, phone bill, food, gas it all kind of added up you know but so i got the yeah uh, yeah. you're under
1: stress so you're under like definitely under like duress during this time Mm -hmm. yeah definitely i was very stressed
0: again we are interrupted by that fateful meditation alarm. <laughs> so we're back. I'm sorry about that.
2: We had to take a quick meditation break. <laughs> <Yeah>. No, <and>, uh,
1: <laughs> we didn't meditate. But that's the second time that's happened. We're going to have to remember next time to turn that off before we start the <laughs> podcast. Anyway, you're under duress and go.
2: Yeah, so I was very stressed out and it just kind of became the norm. Be very stressed, very depressed, you know, I'd never really f- felt true b- depression before and I remember that my sister struggled with it in the past and I always I, you know I always felt very bad for her and I wish I could help somehow but to me personally I never really understood you right. know like I it was always looking on the outside in and I was It wasn't that I didn't believe her, but it was just, to me, it was just like, well, why don't you just, like, like, you know, it's like, find something to do that can make you happy. I went
1: through the, like, almost the exact same thing where I was just like, I don't really understand what people are talking about. And then actually a breakup did it, Mm -hmm. and same deal, just, like, ruthlessly depressed for, you know, seven months straight or something.
0: Yeah, it's hard to understand um, (laughs) depression if you have never experienced it, so... But I'm glad you know what it's like now. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's a good lesson about lots of things. There's a lot of things in life like that where people will just write write them off because it's it wasn't their experience. But just you know, like racism, right? Just like weed-induced psychosis, which we're right. going to get to. It's like people are like, well, it must have been something else because that's never happened to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, weed's we weed uh, can't do anything. Yeah, it's just for fun. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> Anyways, you ended up getting a second job, right? So you're working at Subway and where else?
2: yeah so I ended up uh getting a second job um i was coaching um gymnastics kids gymnastics, which is funny because I never did gymnastics um but uh the owner of the business was a family friend so i kinda i kind of got a job there uh got hooked up pretty nice i was that was pretty good um and i would say that once i got that job my my depression and my my non stop smoking had gotten pretty bad at that point and um well let's see about it was like pretty much right where I when i started there i had for about three days just you know i would i would go to school and then i'd go to work and then i'd come home and then i would smoke and i' I've, I've always i've always been not always but ever since high school i was really into um like bodybuilding and working out a lot just because I grew up kind of chubby, you know, and so I've always kind of had that, like, that body, you know, dysmorphia and never really thought I was good enough all the time, so I would just constantly go to the gym, and then what I yeah, I just got to this point where I would, I would just get really high, go to the gym, which is actually pretty awesome, you know, like, <laughs> right. I actually do really enjoy working yeah. out high, it's yeah. pretty sick, <clears throat> but... It was not fueled with um, positive energy. It was, right. it was very, like, yeah. everything was, I hate myself. I'm just, like, it was, like, I I loved putting myself in pain because I hated who I was so bad. Yeah. And that's kind of what drove me, which sucks because, I mean, that was, like, the most <laughs> best shape I've ever been in my entire yeah. <laughs> life. I was freaking, I was pretty shredded in that point. But, so, there came this time where, for some reason, I thought it was a good idea. Well. I got to the point where I kind of was starting to run out of food and I needed to go to the grocery store, but didn't really have enough money cause I spent all my fucking food money on weed. And I was like, well, I'm just going to eat oatmeal, like oats, you know, just like that big, that big uh, container of oats. I'll just eat oats and then protein shakes. Cause I mean, it's carbs and protein. That's okay. all you need, you know? Right. And, uh, so I did that for a little while and then, I kind of started going a little crazy, you know, I was like, well, the depression hit an all time high, you know, Mm -hmm. so I was like, I just started like performing experiments on myself as in like, I wonder how long I can go without eating, which is, I mean, it's fine if you're doing fasts, you know, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're getting the right minerals and, you know, vitamins you need as well as, you know, staying really hydrated. But I don't know. I think I didn't eat for like three days. And then the last like day and a half, I didn't like drink anything either. Because then at this point I was like, well, I'm doing pretty good. And I th- I think that what my goal was, I was like, I'm just going to smoke and smoke and smoke. and I'm not going to eat anything. And I'm not going to drink. And I'm going to try to kill off any emotion that I've ever had. Or will have you know, like I'm trying to just eliminate like my a emotion. terrible idea, man. I know dude, <laughs> but like I was fucking how crazy. you
1: precipitate a mental problem I know <laughs> it's very apparent that it was gonna happen yeah, yeah. on the outside, but inside, yeah right, right when you're in it, it doesn't it makes sense or whatever you're just right. you're not thinking about it, yeah,
2: yeah, and so I was like, well, that'll do it, you know, I will just get really fucking baked, and yeah, kill the emotion off um so yeah uh i was I was doing the no food thing, and then I went down to. Um, Moscow, where I grew up, and hung out with some friends. Still, kind of uh, pretty malnourished because because I hadn't been eating anything really in the last couple weeks. And um, one of my buddies gave me some dabs, and I'd never really done dabs before. But like ever, this
1: was the very first time.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think this was, yeah this was the first time. If this wasn't the first time, I think that I might have done it maybe like a week before. Okay, because it um, yeah. was a new friend group that I had been hanging out with. And
1: mm-hmm. if any, if anyone's not familiar with what a dab is, who's listening? It's it's essentially uh, a purified THC. So they they extract. Um, you know, BHO oil with, with, they use butane and pull out THC and basically put it into tar. And so essentially when you smoke that, it's like, it's way more concentrated than you could ever get with the true plant as it grows, you know, it's it's kind of a relatively new thing in the last 10 to 15 years.
0: It's like a waxy kind of substance. It looks like, uh, earwax kind of.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it does look kind of gross. Tastes pretty bad too. Yeah, they're definitely not good for you. It's like, yeah, like, yeah, vaporized oil, hot oil that you're breathing into your lungs. Yeah, really hot. That's yeah. what I remember the most about it. It Was like, fuck, it yeah. just burns. And they're very different. I mean, if you think about like beer and hard alcohol, like that's essentially the same. The same difference here. You have the same substance, but the delivery system and the dosages are way, way, way different.
2: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, so one night we were doing dabs, and I found it. I was like, Oh, I'll just, you know, I'll just keep doing dabs. And you know, I hit a dab, hit another one, hit another one. And I was about four dabs deep and I was so fucking high. Like I've never been so high before. And this is kind of goes back to my grand scheme of killing the emotion. You know, they're like, Oh, you want to do another? I was like, fuck it. Like, okay, I'll do another one. It doesn't matter. So I do another one. And the funny thing is, is after doing that fifth dab, I like wasn't high anymore. It was like, I made this full circle of being the highest and then I immediately came back unlock some door Yeah, it was weird and I was like, oh like I just felt sober again. It was it was so fucking weird weird, man But I I just felt different. I felt this weird uneasy feeling not it wasn't bad. I just didn't feel 100% sober, you know, but I I I didn't feel high whatsoever um So I thought that was odd Kind of joked with my friends about it, you know, like, oh I made the full circle, you know. Like, yeah. Oh dude, you fucking went to the next realm. <laughs> uh, yeah, and shit. yeah, yeah. And uh I mean it was all fun and games and right. Um, woke up the next morning, drove back to Spokane, but um So you slept? Do you sleep a little bit that night? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I definitely slept and
0: When you woke up, were you feeling like you were high? Like what how were you feeling?
2: So I did, whenever I woke up, I was about to say that whenever oh. I woke up, um, I, I didn't feel high, but I still had that same feeling. Like it was mm-hmm. like, I got past the high like the night before right. and I had that, that different feeling. I still had that in the morning. Exact same one basically. Yeah. yeah. yeah it felt the same. Was
0: that alarming to you at the time?
2: I mean, yes, but yeah. I, I was like, whatever, don't y- care. Yeah. You know. So, but, but Yeah felt the
1: same. Um, so then you drive back home. Yeah. So I drove back to
2: Spokane and ever since that happened, um, uh, the next couple of days, it was just that feeling kind of stuck deep inside. Like it was, uh, it's, it's really hard to explain. It, w- it wasn't like I was high or like lightheaded or anything. It was just this different, like mindset or different feeling in my brain. And, Um, I got home, and I had run out of weed, and I didn't really have any money to go buy anymore, so I was using a grinder at the time, so I still had a bunch of keef, you know. And for those of you who don't know, keef is just, um, in a grinder, when you grind up the weed, there's like this small metal film on the bottom of the grinder, so all the, the THC crystals, and just anything that's really, really, really small will seep through. So... If you wanted to load a bowl that would, you know, was extra potent, you could scoop a little bit of those THC crystals on top and it's going to be, you know, a lot stronger than normal. So I was like, fuck it, got the Keef, just going to smoke the Keef, you know, (laughs) because I didn't have anything else. (laughs) And at this point I hadn't eaten since I went down to Moscow and this was like two or three days, you know, afterwards.
1: And I'd continue to just smoke keys. Were you hungry or did the did the dabs kinda suppress the appetite or you kinda you can kinda get into a mode mm. sometimes where like things can you're just like not hungry? That's actually a good point. Ever since I had that weird three sixty with the
2: dabs, yeah. I just wasn't as hungry. Like yeah. I wasn't I didn't really have any um need to yeah. eat. Like I didn't feel like I needed to eat anything. Right. I mean I, I still ate a little bit here and there, but And then that's got to the point where I started that new job and then for some reason I didn't eat for fucking three days and then I stopped drinking and all those days I was also doing dabs, not dabs, um, Keef, just smoking pure Keef. And let's see, I had my first couple days of work, my first day of work, you know, I was very, I didn't go in high obviously, but I was in that weird mindset and very positive atmosphere there everyone there was so nice you know a bunch of little kids running around you know the cute little kids is it right it's very very good
1: atmosphere and yeah luckily that's a, actually kind of a maybe a blessing in disguise there with the <coughs> you know having it be like a lower stress thing mm-hmm. where, where people aren't going to recognize you that you're you know that you're feeling off or whatever
2: right and i was new so nobody knew me and so that was definitely nice, but I still was in that mode for some reason. Went home, you know, smoked the fucking, the fucking Keefe, didn't eat anything. And that night, that third night, I didn't eat anything. And I think that I had been going on maybe a day and a half of not drinking anything. Maybe a little water here and there. I remember, well, the that day at work, I remember that I, <laughs> they had these little applesauce. Wait, no, no, wait, hold on. This is this is this is too far in the story. This is the next day. <laughs> so anyway, that that night after my first day, you know, went home. And got out the the keef, smoked the keef and I got super 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 high and I just remember laying in my bed and looking at the walls and it was like it was like whenever you're kind of looking down a tunnel and then like the edges of your vision kind of go black, you know. And I remember looking at the walls, and I was, like, hallucinating cracks in the walls. Mm. And um, I remember looking around, like, looking off of one wall to the next wall. And it wasn't like the hallucinations were following my line of sight. It was like I would see the wall with the cracks, and I'd look on the other wall, and there'd be more cracks. Yeah. You know, but But set different sets of cracks. And Jesus. it was fucking, it was, it was crazy shit. Um,
1: Did that trip you out at all? Were you, like... Were you like Or were you just in the mode Where you're just like Cool cracks in the wall (laughs) Yeah dude That's the most fucked up part Like
2: I remember being like Oh Now I'm hallucinating You know Being like This is all part of the plan Dude Like it (laughs) it just felt normal Like I was like That's fine Um Yeah it was It was fucked But anyways Um
0: So the next morning Is that the morning That Well did you sleep that night
2: Well the night continued Oh okay. Onto Sorry. the crazy shit, yeah. Um So anyways, cracks in the walls, all fine. And then basically I remember sitting on my bed looking at the alarm clock and it said um I think it was like three in the morning. And um that kinda of still kinda of had that tunnel vision on. It said like three in the morning and I remember just like everything kinda of going black. And um everything went black and then I woke up immediately, like instantly, and but, but in that second that everything went black, this is the weirdest part, like, everything went black, and then I had this crazy vision, like, this is <laughs> this is gonna sound so fucking just no. far-fetched, but I remember in that second, I, I closed my eyes, you know, and everything went black, it, I, I saw this, like, And what I interpreted it as, as this like zoomed out vision of like the universe of what it was. That's just what I interpreted it as. Like an out
0: of of body experience? Yeah, most definitely.
2: And um, what I, what I saw, it was like, it was was so hard to explain. Like you see those pictures of like the whole observable universe, you know, and it's like, and it'll show like a ball, you know, with all the stars in it and whatnot. And then there was this like terra, like this formed, um, what are those, what are those alien structures around stars that collect all the, oh, yeah. the power? Uh,
1: like the solar structures or whatever, whatever they're called. What are those things? <sighs> yeah. I know what you mean. This mega structures or superstructures yeah, or whatever yeah. that harness the solar energy. Yeah. 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 So
0: it's like a grid looking thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was, it was kind of like that, but it it didn't totally encompass the quote unquote universe that I saw. But it was kind of partially covering it and um, I just remember seeing that and then knowing like oh That's the universe Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was weird and then instantly I came back and whenever I came back I sat up in my bed and I looked at the clock and then it was like 320. So like 20 minutes had gone by and my 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 brain literally was just It was it was I can't it was it was insane like it felt like There was a tornado of like dopamine and like a bunch of different chemicals in my brain just like spinning and going all over the place like
0: Or did you have like a lot of energy?
2: Yeah, but it was all it was all mental energy It was Mm -hmm. like it was like I was making instantly like all of these ties to things like I would be like Oh, you know, just for example, I'd be like, "Oh, this door's brown, therefore brown is the color that the universe is." You know, it's just right. like there's just like gate, there's just right. like gates being closed that yeah. are wrong in it my really brain. Felt, was it was like manic, like
1: quick, cr- really, really fast paced, like yes. rapid fire. Yeah, yeah, everything
2: was just fucking going off the wall. And to be honest, it was actually kind of sick. Like I felt, <laughs> I felt so good. It, I felt like I literally felt like I was God. Like when I woke up, I was like, "I'm God." That's yeah. it. That's it. I'm gone. After
0: you have the vision,
2: yeah, yeah. Like I, I felt like I knew everything. Like I felt like I could answer any question because somebody would be like, um, "Hey man, what's the weather gonna be like tomorrow?" And then I could just kind of like spew out some things that make no sense, but inside my brain, those connections like are being made. Best answer ever. Right? Yeah. 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 So those, <laughs> those, those answers like it makes it makes perfect sense to me. But then someone on the other was like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Like, yeah. what about frogs? You know, it, it just makes no sense." So,
0: is that? Because I think that was the morning you texted us at like 4.30 mm-hmm. in the morning and you were like, he texted our family group message and was like, I found, he said something like, I know the secrets of the world and <laughs> <I did>. I'm <laughs> I'm going to know, like, I know how we're, like, I have a great get rich quick plan, like all this stuff, like really positive. And we didn't really think of anything of it at first. We're like, yeah, it's kind of weird but also like you know it sounds like he's enjoying his job <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or
0: something um yeah. so yeah we didn't really think of anything of it that morning anyways
2: yeah it was so yeah i mean I, I i had that crazy shit going on in my brain and then i i couldn't sleep with it for sure and so i just remember getting out like this this um this notebook and just writing down all this stuff and just writing and writing and writing and writing and writing all this. I mean, sentences and equations and shit. And like, uh, I remember I messaged my cousin Mateo and I sent him this really long paragraph about shit. (laughs) And I just remember him replying, bro, are you okay? (laughs) And And I, I mean, I sent the whole paragraph and then I sent a picture of my face and I'm just like big, weird, cheesy smile, you know? Yeah. Um, but to me it made perfect sense. And yeah. He was like, What are you talking about? And um and so yeah, I mean I, I stayed in that mode and I didn't continue not to eat, stayed up all night, went to school in the morning. And God Yeah, dude, and like oh my god, dude, like I just remember taking notes in class and the weird thing And was, you're in hard
1: classes at this point, you're in like tough, yeah, you know, math heavy classes.
2: Definitely. I I was in um uh, what was it? I don't know. I think it was like advanced AC motor controls and like transformers and generators or something like that. And so there's a lot of math and like, you know, it was pretty hard stuff, but it was weird because we were taking notes and I felt like I already knew what he was going to say by the time he was saying it. Like every time he would say something, I would just nod and be like, yup, mm -hmm, (laughs) yup. Like knew it, bro. It was so
0: weird. Knew that, knew (laughs) that,
2: knew that, knew that. Yeah, it was (laughs) It was weird, but I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it, it did feel good, but it was crazy. It was like whenever a crazy person is really happy, you know? Yeah, it was, mania.
1: It was, I think it was definitely like a. You had some manic, um, definitely a, a dose of mania there, and it's. I think you got a glimpse into what some of those people deal with for the, their entire lives. Yeah. You know, people with schizophrenia or definitely, you yeah. know, manic disorders that get in and out of these modes. That's like, they think it all makes sense, you oh, know? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Sure. So it's kind of a cool, I mean, it's kind of a cool perspective to have for me to hear too. It's like, you know, people are always like, God, don't they know they're crazy? And it's like, that's the whole thing. They don't. They don't. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't
2: know, dude. And I remember just saying some random things here and there to my classmates and then them just looking at me like I was, I was like crazy, you know, and been like, eh, I'm fucking they don't know what I'm talking about. But it was like, it was to me, the way I thought of it was like, oh, they're not, they don't understand the powers of the universe, you know, because at this moment I thought I was God. So. And then I remember I had another class, and I really liked the teacher. And then I was just like, after the class, you know, everyone's taking notes. I just stood up, and I was like, can I talk to you in your office? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, um, yeah, sure, what's going on? And so we went into his office, and Holy I just shit. fucking spilled out, like, everything that had been going on with me. Dude, and like I broke down and was just crying to this guy, holy shit, and uh yeah, yeah, and I was just crying and explained everything, and like all this shit, dude, and he was fucking crying too, dude, It was fucking shit. insane that's really cool, actually, dude. I know we we had a moment, bro. yeah,
1: that's good, that sounds like a good teacher yeah. that really realized like, hey, this person needs help,
2: yeah, he definitely listened to me a lot and. I don't think that I, I think that I might've not said enough crazy shit for him to think that I was crazy. Right. That I might've been saying a little more normal stuff. Yeah.
1: Either way, it doesn't really matter. You know, that's, it's about like the emotion at that point. He's, you know, he's trying to show you that he's there to help kind of thing. Yeah. And so that was really helpful. And
2: uh, I, I remember after the, after the day of work, or after the day of school, I went to work. So I went and, uh, helped. Yeah. Went and helped coach kids (laughs) and it was the fucking best because (laughs) they were so happy and I was so crazy happy saying dumb things to them, but they don't understand because they're kids. So it was like a, it was like a match made in heaven. Um, but I remember for some reason I was on this really weird kick about like drugs and, um, medications and pills. And I remember going on my break and, getting on my phone and then I think I like texted my ex-girlfriend and told her like not to take any of these like pills or something and then she was like what are you talking about and then I kind of explained it and then she's like are you on drugs and I'm like no and then I think I called her or something and then she said I was scaring her and I was like fuck it she doesn't get it either she's not <laughs> she's not God she doesn't understand <laughs> and then um so at this
0: point of our understanding Kira immediately texts me and says have you talked to Austin today? And I was like, no. But then I was like, actually, yeah, he did text us at like 4.30 this morning. She's like, I think he's on drugs. And I was like,
1: what? Is fair, I fair. Mean, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I would think. Like, you know, like, I mean, I, not knowing the person, I would just be like, this sounds like, you know, some sort of drug fuel yeah. or otherwise psychosis, which is a good thing she said that because it Definitely. probably keyed us into like, there's a problem, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so she ended up like screenshotting the text messages and sending them to me and then um i think i called her and she was like very upset um she was like he's at work and uh, so i was like immediately trying to call him because i thought he was on drugs too like i read the text messages and they were like didn't make any sense Mm -hmm. and they were very uh, they were just strange um Brandon was at the gym and so called him and called him and he was still at work and then he called me when he was off work and he's just talking to me and like saying like super excited and like saying all this stuff and I was like Austin what did you take and he was like I didn't take anything and I was like please tell me what did you take and he just like kept saying he didn't take anything and but like okay. oh sorry no you don't but then he would like, uh, immediately jump to the next, the next subject. Like, I'd be like, what'd you take? And he'd be like, nothing. And then he'd be like, and this and that, um, just random ass shit. And I was like, there is something wrong. And I had this like horrified look on my face right when Brandon opened the door from the gym. And I had Austin on speakerphone, I just talk on the phone like that. And, um, Brandon could hear him and immediately Brandon knew what it was. And he was like, he's having a manic break yeah
1: i just want to backtrack real fast um if you think someone is going through like extreme psychological duress you should tell their family like Austin's ex-girlfriend did the exact right thing.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, So that's just like a, you know, if she would have just been like, this is weird, he's being weird, and like blew it off, I mean, I don't know, who knows, we don't know. Anyway, and then uh, secondly, the thing where like, sometimes I'll be having such a good time that someone will think I'm on drugs, and it (laughs) gives me the most joy when they're like, what did you take, and I'm like, nothing, (laughs) ha ha. So I wonder if there was like a little bit of that. Uh, But anyway, yeah, so I came home, and I could just hear the tone, it was just the... Kind of the manic tone, and I'd actually the only reason that I was so sure that's what it was is that like, uh, you know, nine months prior I was at I was at WSU, and uh, um, I was over at a friend's house, and he actually was having was kind of in the middle of a manic break, and it was the same tone and the same cadence, and I was like, that's got to be what it is. And so i think from that point we called sam's parents and we're like you got to get over there we have to, you know someone has to get done i think we called your roommate
0: yeah my dad was like he's gone crazy yeah. like at first we told my dad and he didn't believe us because he hadn't talked to he was austin like, yeah. he's like what like we're like no this is serious and i was like crying because i was upset um and he was and then he called him and he called me back immediately and he was like he's
1: gone crazy he's like he fried his brain <laughs> <laughs> We're like, With well, the weed. And like, I mean, he wasn't, like, necessarily that wrong, but, like, he was... I think he was going out of... He just didn't Dude. understand. And really, yeah. like, we didn't really understand either.
0: Yeah, we um, called his roommate. We're like, take his keys. Like, what's going on? Yeah. And that was the thing. Like, Brandon said, luckily, Kira <clears throat> contacted me because I was just like, what the fuck? Like, Austin had a roommate this whole time, and he didn't, like reach out to us like i know him we're friends on facebook like we've known him for years
1: yeah but maybe he was afraid about getting austin in trouble or other things you know but but you shouldn't if you if someone's really in like a state like that it doesn't matter like you need to help them because it could be you know a really really yeah really people die right and and to his defense at this point
2: of um living together it was kind of like i would just get home and then i would just go straight to my room and then not talk to him ever and um I think that I might have talked some crazy stuff to him here and there, but I don't think it was enough for him to be like this dude's. to raise concern. Yeah. Right? Definitely, because yeah. I mean, prior to this, um, I was you know getting high all the time and right. showing him these weird music videos right. and shit. Right. Right. And he's he's just like, like, "This
1: is he wasn't able to distinguish this from that." Right. Thing. So yeah. he was kind of just used to it at this yeah. point.
2: And I, don't, yeah, I think during that moment of the uh, the the manic episodes, I don't I don't think that he. I don't think that I talked to him that much. So, nothing yeah. wrong with him, but...
1: Yeah. So then from that point...
0: My parents... Well, we told Kagan, we said, take his keys and do not let him leave the house. And if you need to, if he's acting like he's going to harm himself or talking about harming other people, you need to call the police immediately. If he starts yeah. acting violent, you need to call the police. Yeah. Um, And my parents immediately got on the road. It was like late at night. It was like 9 o'clock or so, and they just started driving up to Spokane like three hours away because they were like we have to we have to be there
1: yeah
2: yeah and the night before I stood up all night so I remember at work that day I remember um they had these little squeezy apple juice packets you know those like you take the cap off yeah and yeah, you yeah squeeze the apple juice in your mouth yeah and I hadn't eaten anything in so long and I remember just squeezing that fucking sugar into my mouth and it was literally just fuel to the crazy yeah. fire. It was like, I just remember being like,
1: <laughs> like holy fuck, like, this is power. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel that way after on a rehydration from a weight cut, yeah. not quite like that, but it, I feel it rush in my bloodstream yeah. you know, when you haven't had it in so long, your body's craving it. Yeah, definitely. Jesus. It was
2: just an instant hit. It was crazy. Um, but anyways, um, so yeah, that night got home. I don't really remember much of that night besides I guess calling Samantha or Smith calling me. Pretty much my my th- I kind of forgot or I I don't really remember much after um calling my ex and then texting her. And um
1: when does the gap like undo? Like when does that memory gap come back?
2: Well, I remember like small snippets of that night. Um I don't remember talking to My dad on the phone, I don't remember talking to Samantha on the phone, I don't remember much of that at at all, I just kind of remember getting home and passing out, and then, um, I remember waking up in the morning, still feeling a little crazy, and, I mean, still full crazy, you know, and my parents were there, and I'm just like, uh, but to me it was like, ah, yes, of course they're here, you know, it's like I already knew that they were there,
1: and that really freaked me out when like it didn't turn off when they were there. I'm like, "Uh-oh." Like in the morning. Yeah, when I was like we were talking to them, and they were like, "He's still talking crazy." And I'm like, mm-hmm. "When you're when you're like a younger teenage-ish boy, And you're in, you're being crazy and then your parents showing up doesn't change that. Yeah. It means like it's deeper than that. It was, yeah.
2: It was like I, yeah, I could definitely could not turn it off. Right. And during this entire time, it still felt like that tornado of, you know, chemicals of shit was in my brain. You know, closing all of these different pathways that weren't ever meant to be, you know, closed at the same time. Just Mm -hmm. making these weird connections between things that had no sense or. Merit behind them whatsoever Like just Pretty much the entire time That's how it was So um, But that morning I woke up And I was extremely dehydrated I hadn't been eating So I Was literally just shaking Uncontrollably Whilst saying crazy shit You know So my parents went and like Bought a Powerade And I was drinking the Powerade And I just remember shaking and shaking Couldn't stop shaking I barely could hold it up to my my mouth To drink out of Jesus. it And And um, So they were like Okay well know they're freaked out obviously so they're gonna take me to the hospital and I'm like ah yes we're going to the hospital you know <laughs> that makes perfect sense just because I'm crazy yeah and um yeah so we we got to the hospital I I believe it was like a psych ward and I remember um
0: were you like okay going to the you were you're like oh yeah I'll go or were you like I don't want to go or, what were your or you just didn't care
2: no I didn't care I mean they're like we're gonna take you to the hospital I'm like yeah that you know that sounds reasonable let's go to the hospital because I kind of knew I was fucked up but I was like enjoying it but I was like "Yeah." I'm like my, I've always known like you know my parents probably know best in this situation so like yeah. they want to take me there I'm like I'll probably be make me better in the end um, yeah so so yeah we got there and you know it, it is really sad thinking back about this story because I really feel bad about my feel bad for my parents about this whole situation but I remember them talking to the nurse, and I remember I was, like, kind of slinging jokes with the people there and just being all friendly and nice, you know, and, and my mom was, like, looked at me, and I remember she was, like, she's, like, um, they're gonna put you in this wheelchair and wheel you back there, please, like, you know, just please don't freak out, don't do anything crazy, because, like, they will strap you down, you know, and, like, they, they can knock you out with this, you know, like, they can knock you out if they want to, like, just please don't do anything crazy, and I'm, like, I'm like, okay. And so they brought a wheelchair and there's this lady and I was like, said something kind of funny and nice to her and she just kind of like, "Mm mm-hmm. Like like she's seen it before, (laughs) you know, and she's like, sit in the wheelchair. And uh, so I was like, all right. And so I I just sat down in the wheelchair. Uh, They wheeled me back. I remember wanting water really bad because I was so dehydrated and they're like, nope, can't have any water. And I remember that, that for like the first time that kind of made me mad in the manic episode area. Like I was like, that kind of, like, pissed me off because I was like, well, I'm really thirsty and they're not giving me water. Yeah. And so then I was like, well, can I take a shower? And they're like, yeah. So they let me take a shower. And then I remember taking the shower. I was, like, drinking the water from the (laughs) freaking hose because I was so thirsty.
0: Wait, so uh, I'm assuming... Uh, they weren't letting you drink anything because they wanted to run like a bunch of like a urine test yeah. and a bunch of other tests on you Definitely just to see what was going on because they didn't know
2: No, and they, they were asking me what I had taken and everything and I just told them smoked a lot of pot, you know Yeah, didn't eat for a couple days, which is good.
1: You said that because they probably had they probably understood cannabis induced yeah. psychosis at least some No, they didn't. really at the hospital
0: No, like my mom called me and she was like very concerned, because it had been days and days and days that he was in there, and she's like, yeah, they don't know what it is, and she's like, ultimately, they just think that it's weed and psychosis, like, it wasn't, after doing all these tests, and, like, finding that the only drug in the system was marijuana, um, but then at that time, Brandon and I started doing a bunch of research, and found a lot of different stories about the same thing, and about, like, a guy almost, or did he actually stab his mom or himself himself. or yeah he stabbed himself
1: this is what this is what really freaked me out and something else that i've thought about with your situation is like so basically from this, from what I've read on, I was on like Reddit on, you know, looking up cannabis induced psychosis and some people have a negative psychosis. So it sounds like you had like a really jovial, manically positive, you know, yeah, really like positive, generally happy deal. And a lot of people have the exact opposite of that and they can't get out. Oh God. Yeah. And some guy um, actually ended up stabbing himself, never been suicidal in his life, never even thought, you know. Uh, and he said it just, he thought like the billboard, he was driving home and he thought these billboards were all talking, you know, all were designed for him and he was talking Mm -hmm. to his mom and his mom was like, you're just really high, go to bed. His mom went to bed and he ended up like totally freaking out in his kitchen and and stabbing himself and she found him and he ended up living and he was in his psychosis for like four months. So that was also freaking me out. We were really worried about how long you were going to be in this state because you were in school still Mm -hmm. and we were all, uh you know, like worried about that and stuff, but I think yeah, a lot definitely. of things actually went the right way by luck or happenstance or people making the right decisions kind of all around. Exactly. Uh yeah. Pretty definitely. quickly. Yeah. So
2: Yeah, I mean I can definitely see if it was negative, like if that if I would have went into that same psychosis and like I had been suicidal and I had the means of killing myself, right. I one hundred percent would have killed myself. Yeah. Like yeah there's no there's no chance i would that have, level that level negative. of power if it yeah. had gone the
1: other way yeah for sure that's why
2: it's scary it's mm-hmm. like you know people that Sup-
1: think that super like, scary yeah like, so what do you think like particip- precipitated it the most like did the malnutrition combined with the stress combined with the weed pretty much yeah i'm yeah. thinking
2: that's it i think that if i would have been you know sleeping and eating a normal amount mm-hmm. and wasn't stressed and i was doing dabs like that all right. the time i think i would have been fine yeah but it was like Was hardly sleeping on top of that, you know, really depressed on top of that, really stressed out with school and work, and Mm -hmm. on top of that, you know, doing tons and tons of weed, like dab, and then smoking. But you
1: still can pin that moment on that dab, that full Mm -hmm. 360 moment little thing that kind of was like the quote-unquote beginning, even though Mm -hmm. it had already been beginning before, but that was that true. I wonder if that
2: had something to do with it. I wonder if, I mean, up until the point of the psychotic break, that feeling underlying after you know taking the five dabs and doing the 360 um, that feeling was there pretty much the entire time right and I can't explain it in any way it's just kind of hard to explain but yeah yeah, I've always wondered that too if like ever since that happened if that was kind of a precursor to the entire thing
0: so what all do you remember from your stay at the mental ward
1: how long long were you there for
2: Uh, I was there for a week exactly
0: and so do you remember like all of it or is it kind of like in and out fuzzy or
2: i actually remember a lot of it i pretty much remember all of it um i remember you know you know taking the shower drinking the water in the freaking room but before that that's kind of where they were still kind of trying to diagnose me trying to figure out how crazy i was you know and, um, essentially in this psych ward, they had three levels of crazy. <laughs> they had like, you know. I don't
0: know if we, like, we just keep saying crazy and right, it's not yeah. very nice.
2: I guess crazy. so, yeah. It's not necessarily crazy. That's just how I saw it. They
0: just were trying to, so. It's fine. We no. can use better terms yeah. Yeah. than we can, but
1: a, they understand that
2: we can no. Yeah, terms.
0: No. They wanted to see how severe his condition was.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, I'll try not to use the crazy term yeah. as yeah. much as I was crazy. Right. So, they, I, I think that they had three levels of, um containment and level one was um was um lots of risk of harm to others as well as to themselves and then there was like level two and level three and you know level two it's like you know less but less you know harm to others but maybe and then level three was like they're fine um they're just kind of going through you know some mental things and they need to get back on track you know, re you know, clean their system if they were on any um, drugs or medication, and um, just kind of rehabilitate after that. So they wanted to put me in level three, which was you know the least severe, and um, but the problem was they didn't have any spacing. They only had spacing in level one, <laughs> no,
1: and um,
2: no. so they put me in level one with a roommate who was <laughs> paranoid schizophrenic. Mm and he was very person with
1: paranoid schizophrenia
2: <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> it's a, no, it's not. it was a man that had that was yeah that, that, yeah. that was suffering from uh, paranoid <laughs> yeah. schizophrenia um and honestly it was really sad being in there because there's a lot of you know it's it is really messed up but
0: yeah it's actually like, interesting i don't think i've ever really been around anyone like that so it's actually yeah. a cool experience yeah. for you to be subjected to that and like um just you know, know how lucky you have it. What, what was
2: definitely
1: like? what was he like um, happy or uh, sad because you glean any sort of like idea about oh. his condition at all? Yeah, so he was, was this the guy that you when he thought you when he came out and you were like, Yes, my son, when he thought you <laughs> when you told him that you were Jesus. <laughs>
2: <What>? <laughs> was that the same guy?
1: <laughs> wait,
2: wait, wait, wait. No, 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 not that guy. Okay. That's a different guy. Okay. Um <laughs> but uh this guy um he was very Oh man, he was very off and on, you know, very like some moments we'd be talking and he'd be fine and then another moment he would just be off the rails about something and I remember first getting there and I was still in, uh, psychosis, but not as severe, but I was still in psychosis. It was like, it was like psychosis, but like, you know, not malnourished, you know, I was eating up. And and they
0: probably, did they give you like an IV?
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: Um, and they had given you some antipsychotic, maybe like lithium.
2: Yeah. They had, they were giving me this medication that was for, um, it was, uh, it was for schizophrenia. Uh Cause I was displaying, um, you know, symptoms of that. So they were kind of like trying different medications every day, but, um, so they, they put me into level one with the, you know, the guy that had, um, that was suffering from paranoid, par- paranoid schizophrenia and another lady. But the thing was, is we were all in different rooms and, uh, me and the, the guy, what's his name? Oh. Let's call him Mike. I think that might have been his name.
0: Yeah, actually, you shouldn't say his real name because of HIPAA.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't think that's what his real name was. Let's just call him Mike. All right, let's call him Mike. (laughs) Uh, So Mike was in the room uh, next to me, and we shared a bathroom. So let's say I had to go pee. Then I would have to talk to the nurse. The nurse would come, and she would lock his door, Mm. unlock my door, so that... I could go use the restroom. So just, you,
0: your rooms weren't really connected. No, it
2: was like it was like my room and then a bathroom, and there was a door to my room. So you could bathroom. just hear
0: him in his room talking. Is that yeah, yeah, okay, yeah.
2: yeah. So we were pretty close. I mean, I could hear him talking to himself at night and screaming and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty sad, but um, but during the day, you know, we we could go out in this little uh, living area, and. There was also another lady in there that was she was kind of in her own little area and she uh, I I mean I never talked to her but she never talked I don't think she could talk Mm. she I don't know what she had or what was you know going on with her but she was you know she just walked really slowly and um she never really would make eye contact with anybody How old is she? And I would say she's probably in her f- late 50s, early 60s mm. So she was really old But the thing, it was crazy Because she would just draw all the time And she was always drawing these beautiful Like beautiful mm. paintings Dang, that's cool. Of like flowers, you know And it was really awesome to look at You know, it was, it was interesting Really interesting perspective um, But then, you know, the nurses would come in And try to talk to her And then it was like she just Like it, it, was, it seemed like she couldn't talk um, aphasia yeah so that was a that was interesting as well but I just remember long days of me and uh, Mike sitting and talking and um, feeding off each other's you know crazy ideas and thinking of more and more you know I'd be like creating a an equation to debunk Einstein's theory of relativity you know and then he was really into law so I'd be like how can I make sure nobody steals this from me? Well, the doctors, <laughs> and so the doctors would come, dude. And I'd like, I'd like tuck it up and hide it under my pillow. And, stuff, <laughs> like, and um, and uh then i made him like i <laughs> remember me i made him write this whole paragraph of like a legal document yeah 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 so that it would like protect me <laughs> from any Christ. copyright shit. and then i just remember it was all really professional and then at the very bottom it was like if you try to steal this from my boy austin then fuck off and like <laughs> <all caps. laughs> uh, but like the entire other rest of it was just completely legal that's it, was, hilarious. it was awesome <laughs> um,
0: yeah my mom was like because sh- we talk on the phone like a few times every day checking up on you and she was like my biggest concern is that he doesn't want to leave like he thinks that he's like having a good time yeah it was fun. like he <laughs> doesn't realize that this is like not a place that you necessarily want to be um yeah, and that was uncomfortable for her but i kind of was thinking i was like well it sounds like he's having an okay time it, that wasn't as concerning to me i i feel like
1: yeah yeah, I was definitely glad he was, like, getting treatment and stuff. And I remember um, your dad saying one time that he was getting really sick of his roommate. And we all took that as a really good sign. Like, okay, mm-hmm. then, you know, I think that he's getting some semblance of normalcy back. Right. Um, and, and a really, a really interesting part was, like,
2: um, the doctor told my parents to, like, bring me a book. You know, but, like, a book that I remembered from childhood, you know. Something that was, like, far below my reading level, but was something that I remembered, you know. Mm. And so they brought me this, um, it was like a Percy Jackson book. Um, It was was one that I had not read yet, Mm. but it was still, I mean, Percy Jackson's, like, 12-year-old reading level. It's nothing advanced. And um, it was interesting because, like, the first two or three days I was in there, I was really into it. And then after a while, I was like, dude, this shit is, like, for kids. You know, after a while, I was like, dude, this is just, like, not even, you know. And and I think that and I kind of was telling my parents that and the doctors that. And I think that that was a good scope of, you know, okay, he's kind of coming out of it a little bit.
1: Yeah, I wonder if that's the tool, if they were using that as, like, a tool to see. I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty smart. You kind of had a flowers for Algernon moment. Uh, (laughs) That's a good. uh, Anyway, so do you, one of my questions was, like, Mm Do you regret it in any way? Or did you learn things from it? Or what? how do you regard the experience from, like, a total bird's-eye view as, like, a positive, negative, neutral kind of thing? Both? Um,
2: I mean, I don't necessarily regret it just because that's what happened. And, you know, like, living with regret is right. just right. worthless. Really, it's, you shouldn't regret you almost shouldn't. anything. No. Yeah, Even things that are really bad. You should regret them if you know like let's say you say something to someone you love that's really messed up. I mean you do regret it, but constantly thinking about it and living in that, it's just not worth it right. because it's in the past now, um, so I wouldn't say that I regret it uh, i've I've always wondered if it had ever if it has ever had any like literal effect. On my like, on my yeah, actual I like, wonder that capability, you know. I don't know right. if it
0: has any effect on your capabilities, but just like watching you come out of it and stuff, I remember at, at the beginning it seemed, I wouldn't say like regretful, but you seemed concerned about it, and I remember like reassuring you, like, listen, dude. Now you know yourself better than all these fucking motherfuckers. Like, when you go through something hard like that, that's when you get to know yourself better. And I think those are the dopest kind of people. Um, And then I also remember you um, talking about, you're like, I don't even know. Like, I still kind of believe that kind of stuff that I was seeing. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about that now? Like, are you still like, I think that maybe this has... um, this might be kind of valid or
1: what if you, what if you like broke through a real ass like right. cosmic gateway <laughs> and like you what? were Dude, really close honestly. to like solving some crazy equations or something like honestly that. maybe you know um
2: i try not to feed those ideas right but, yeah you but, don't want you don't want to get too deep down in there but. right but to this day there's some shit that i experienced in there that i know for a fact was real and like and it was the only reason it was real was because i was so into my brain and i think that my brain was operating at like it was it was it was just operating differently than it normally yeah. does and it allowed me to do things like i remember multiple times the nurses would come in to take like my um my heartbeat in the morning you know my blood pressure my heartbeat and i remember pretending to be asleep and they would try to take my heartbeat and i had such control over my heartbeat literally i could like drop it down yeah. to like alarmingly low levels and yeah. they would be like they, i could be, I can't be like oh you know take it again you know and then yeah. i would instantly spike it up like yeah. to as high as i could yeah. make it just by like focusing yeah
1: that's re i mean that's real people get yeah. that way with meditation another thing to think about is like someone with autism spectrum disorder they can mm-hmm. fly like these things called splinter cells where they can uh, or sorry, splinter skills, that was a Freudian slip, they can memorize phone books and fly over one time over a city and with a pencil draw every single building that, yeah. like, uh, you would have to have a photo. literally take a photograph, you know, so maybe you would shut down, a, you know, a, a large part of your brain but the energy had gone somewhere else and you right. were slipped into this, like, strange, you know, ability type thing.
2: Yeah, that's a really that's a really interesting way to look at it, too, is, like, you know, people that are like are on the spectrum, Mm -hmm. they live with that day to day. And I bet that that's really frustrating because I mean, in some aspects it's, you know, they know how competent they are at some things, you know, but like in the, the realm of, you know, speaking skills or, you know, social skills they, they lack, which is, it's a really interesting perspective. And I kind of got to feel that a little bit, um, which is, which is really unique. And I remember another thing was I could, I could stare at a clock, I mean, time is relative, you know to everybody, right. everything everything, and everybody like experiences time slower faster right. and but I could alter my own perception of time Jesus. like really heavy it was it was it was crazy. I remember I could sit there and stare at the clock <laughs> and do this like really weird like kind of half close my eyes a little bit, you know, and do this really weird meditative like like i just felt like i was like and i could i could literally focus on it and just watch the freaking hand just go <laughs> like go way way slow and then i could just like you know and bring it back yeah. Yeah. and that that shit was weird and i know for a fact that happened
1: yeah
0: so uh oh crap what it uh, was i lost I it something.
1: and if something i mean if something is is hyper real to you in your brain, then it's real. That is your Mm -hmm. reality. That's what your experience. So for all intents and purposes, it is concrete real as hell. Right. You know,
2: I mean, I don't think that I was slowing down time for other people because But it doesn't matter. Those other people don't matter. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So it's, that's the cool thing about it. And another thing was whenever we, we were allowed kind of like a little recess, we'd go outside and, you know, um, get exercise, like for like an hour a day, and I had never really been able to dunk like a full size basketball. And there was this nurse that worked there that was really cute. Mm-hmm. She was pregnant, but she was cute. Yeah. So yeah. I was always kind of flirting with her this whole time, <laughs> and my level of confidence when I was in there was insane, <laughs> right? It was and You're I was shooting all, shots. <laughs> I'm so envious of that level of confidence <laughs> to this day. But it's I in remember, there. it's still in there somewhere. <laughs> I remember she was like making photocopies. And I could see her through a window and I like knocked on the window and she looked at me and I was like, I was like, you know, like watch this, you know, (laughs) and I like went over the the basketball hoop and I put it on full max, you know, literally like 12 feet. I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right, Yeah. And uh, I got a basketball and I just freaking
1: slam dunked it. Like no problem. (laughs) That's insane. It was crazy.
0: And then at that moment. (laughs) If you believe you can, you can. It's It's true.
1: Very true. I have a story like that for a different time, but um, unlocking your mind. Um, I talk to my buddy about it all the time. He's the only one there to see it. But it was, it's actually very similar. It's with mm-hmm. jumping as well. But anyway, mm-hmm. go. Yeah, if you if you get to that point where you... Un- go.
0: Yeah. Uh, I remember m- my mom was saying that the nursing staff was saying to her, like, yeah, he's very intelligent. But my mom's like, that's not the way he normally talks. Because my mom was saying that you were saying, like, words that she didn't even know that you knew. Yeah. Which is like... I, I don't, maybe this is, like, far-fetched, but it makes me think of, like, when people are, like, and then they start speaking a completely different language or they start speaking in tongues or something. No, I
1: think it's just unlocking parts of your brain yeah. that you weren't able to access That's probably in, what in that is, way, you know?
0: It's just um, interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. I think the perspective is super cool for you personally and for us, having kind of witnessed it from the very outside perspective, just, like... Um just the whole thing that you know you can get into you can get into dangerous states and then these states can behave differently and then kind of when you come out you can have a a uh, you know a, a really unique perspective on on the whole mental health idea basically yeah and
0: So after you got out um can you kind of talk about your experience after that um like getting out yeah getting out and how you felt and um and also like if you had any kind of like flashbacks or lapses like relapses
2: um so yeah i remember that i was almost uh you know i was i was i was passing the the i remember every day i'd meet it with the uh the head um what would it be Psychologist. Yeah. Is that the right word? Yeah.
1: giving you counseling and stuff?
2: Right. They would have a conversation with me, and we'd talk about, you know, just everyday things. And then and I they would, you know, evaluate how I was speaking, what I was talking about, ask me about things. And, you yeah. know, for the first couple of visits, I was still in my mode, you know. So I was just like, blah, 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 blah and on and on about random things. And then I kind of started getting it like, okay, yeah. if I want to get out of here, this is, you know... And then, you know, and then I started having meetings with him and I started, you know, coming back down to earth and, um, and, um, I remember I got to a point where I was still in that psychosis mode, but I was really pretend not pretending, but I was really trying to act normal Mm -hmm. just so they would let me out because I really wanted to leave and I was at the brink. He's like, okay, well, um, he's like, he's like, uh, to me you, uh, <laughs> he's like, to me, you seem like you're ready to leave. Um, you should be able to leave tomorrow, blah, 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 you know? And, um, he's like, yeah, you should be good to go tomorrow. I'm like, great. So the next day, uh, a new psychologist came in cause he went on the weekend and this lady didn't know anything about me. Hadn't talked to me. She, I was still in level one, you know, containment. So she assumed the worst. And, um, well maybe not you know I assume that they you know go right. through the paperwork but uh it was just like a fresh new slate and it was like I thought I was getting out that day and she was like okay well you know we'll give it a couple of days maybe another week you know we'll see how you're doing and I'm just like what you know like <laughs> are you kidding yeah and, but
0: honestly that might have been for the best
2: right it might have been but I remember that was another another moment that yeah. really yeah it really got me mad in that mode but I was able to I mean I wasn't doing anything crazy I've usually been pretty good at maintaining my anger but um so yeah so then she basically said I could leave the following Monday that was like a Friday so i had to spend the weekend in there during the weekend I got to go out to the other um areas you know talk with the other people that were in like level three containment level two containment and I met a couple really cool people over there that um you know, went through something a little bit more similar to me. And I remember being this one guy, um, let's call him, uh, Joel. Um, and I remember there was nothing to do. I mean, you could sit or you could just walk. And I remember seeing him and he was always just walking back and forth because there's really long hallways. He'd walk back and forth, back and forth, pretty much the whole, all day. And so I just started walking with him, you know, and talking with him. And he was really religious you know and so we were talking about gods we'd walk and talk about god and everything for hours and um uh yeah it was really cool i kind of made a friend in there and um, but you know closer to coming out i eventually got out and i would say that i was not 100 percent um you know back to normal but i was definitely far closer than I had been yeah, you can see the path back. definitely
0: and they had given you some what it was for like bipolar disorder the medication yeah. to take antipsychotics home? home
2: antipsychotics and I think that it was for bipolar disorder and so what the drug would do was it would block your uh, dopamine receptors in your brain so because you know people that are that have bipolar disorder or right. I think that if they have schizophrenia as well, they produce too much dopamine yeah, yeah, or something like that. I'm no, yeah.
1: there's some, the there's point. some, uh, regulatory problem with the dopamine, um, for sure. Mm-hmm. And so they gave me that
2: and i was starting to feel more normal again. And then it kind of started hitting me like, I mean, I wasn't really getting any dopamine, you know? So after about a month or two, I was really depressed again just because my brain was not getting any dopamine so everything I did you know I had no goal I had no happy moment after finishing a homework problem let's say you know and you know I went back to school I was able to recover finish off my quarter still got good grades so that was nice and I was just still super depressed and like I could not get over it so I ended up going to see a therapist and um you know just to get a lot off my chest just to talk a bunch and uh I also and she prescribed me a medication that was supposed to open up my dopamine <laughs> things so I just had these two medications that were just doing the opposite of each and so at one point you know I was like fuck it and I just stopped taking all the medication and I was like fuck this shit like I don't need this and yeah. um I remember the next day I woke up and I was like, (laughs) I was like, like I was so happy. (laughs) I literally woke up and I was fucking like singing and dancing and stuff. And like, everything was so good and happy. And it wasn't like, you know, the psychosis, um, you know, the psychosis born happiness. It was just like my brain was getting that dopamine for the first time in months. And like, I just had such an appreciation for everything. Yeah. And I did kind of have those, um, semi-psychotic thoughts from now and then just like I would just hear something or like think of something and it'd be like oh like
1: yeah you know trigger you back in yeah like kind
2: of set me back to like thinking about the equations and like the space time travel yeah people have flashbacks
1: like acid flashbacks similar to that where someone will something will will Mm -hmm. trigger them so yeah yeah so just I mean it sounds like all things considered it was a pretty Positive experience and could have been and by when I say positive, I mean it could have been much, much, much worse up in including your death. You know, so oh yeah, kind of a cool thing that you made it out and you're relatively unharmed. <laughs> yeah, I,
2: yeah. I I I mean to this day, crazy not crazy thoughts, but let's say um, you know thoughts about the unknown. You know, like you know space time and yeah. you know like you know, theoretical physics and like yeah, I mean, me and Brandon had a conversation the other day about freaking uh, <laughs>
0: double slit experiment, double
2: slit experiment, and quantum mechanics, and like that stuff still really tickles my brain just because it's like I think that part of it has to go back to that a little bit. But I've always had an interest in those kind of things. So.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot like I wouldn't feel bad about that because a lot of people are interested in that.
2: Yeah, but yeah, but those people haven't been through the slit. <laughs> they haven't been. They didn't choose their own path.
0: <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so let this serve as a warning? y'all be careful with your weed consumption with your
1: just be careful with everything really I mean, it sounds to me like when I heard the kind of the whole story, I mean, Austin did several things that you probably shouldn't do back right. to back to back to back you know but but, like he was talking about you don't you don't uh you don't realize it when you're in it, so being trying to be really introspective and and you know knowing your thoughts and knowing your actions. Uh, can help you avoid those kind of problems
2: yeah definitely and um, if you're ever in a situation like that and it, like just like talk to someone you know like get help like it's it's not worth it just tell someone how you're feeling and I mean you may not feel like they'll understand and for the most part they might not understand but I feel like talking about your feelings from that that level of depression will at least get them out of your body
0: yeah I didn't I guess I didn't really realize, now hearing the full story, I didn't realize, like, the circumstances leading up to it, um, which I guess I feel like things make more sense now, um, but yeah, it makes me sad that you were so down and didn't feel like you could come to me.
1: But still, like people, I feel like people will hear this and be like, "Well, he was malnourished He had, you know, he had malnourishment. He was dehydrated." But all the stories I've read online, they don't all match this. Some people weren't malnourished. They weren't mm-hmm. sleep deprived. They just, they just took too much, you know, they had too much THC, and they, you know, hit some sort of a wall. So it's, it's not to say that, like, you know, that Austin you know caused this situation solely by yeah they were
0: some of people were like they had an underlying bipolar disorder which is what we had thought that that's kind of what was going on with austin but i mean that was a few years ago now and nothing nothing really has surfaced yeah
2: yeah i definitely don't feel bipolar at all i mean yeah like to this day i mean <laughs> it's like where are they now today? It like shows me like walking the halls and like writing equations, you know, <laughs> where they are today. I mean like now I, I feel fine. I, yeah, I, I, I mean there, there's no, there's no lingering, you know, uh, psychotic effects whatsoever. Right. I, I, I do always think about, you know, what, what could have been if that never had happened, if I would have any other, you know, different outlook or the different scenario of what actually would have happened. And, um, i don't know for a while i thought that it had like an impact on my overall like brain capacity or like maybe it had an effect on me ever being able to learn certain skills but i mean to this day now i i don't really think so just because
1: yeah i doubt it yeah your brain's an amazing thing and it adapts and adjusts to whatever it's got uh you know to work with
0: yeah um i also just wanted to say before we completely wrap this up um i hope you all didn't think we were making too light of this because it was definitely like a hard thing to go through we just have to laugh because like i mean it was scary for sure in the moment very very hard and i don't know looking back at it you just have to think it's a funny funny thing um but if you do have like a family member um going through that or has gone through that or maybe it will like maybe you see in the future uh, I just didn't want you guys to think we were making light of it, I guess.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not a light situation. But the best way to, for me to cope with it is to just look at it in that situation. Because yeah. I wasn't really scarred from it. Um, Like I was saying, I felt good. I, right. I I mean, to be honest, if I could feel like that all day long, dude, I totally would. Because yeah. I literally felt like a god it was yeah. it was
1: absolutely delusions, insane delusions of grandeur and stuff people that's yeah. common a lot of people out there like they'll have the god thing where they think mm-hmm. they're they're god yeah it was it was insanely like it was like
2: my brain was orgasming just 24 7 it was <laughs> it was good but i mean it wasn't good for my longevity and right. the people around me so right. Bad situation But I just try to make The best out of it And I'm I'm glad I went through it Yeah And I could see Another side of my My deeper self That I never thought That I would see Plus yeah. I got to meet Some people with You know right. Similar
1: And you maybe never Would have seen it In your whole life Like who knows Right um, Well thanks for coming on It was kind of a cool Cool little um, uh, Talk And we yeah. A different We took it a different way Than we our podcast Go kind of uh, Try to give you guys A variety of topics And stuff So Glad we had you on here. Yeah, that was
2: fun. I'm glad I got to kind of talk it, talk about it, you know, and put it out there. Because, I mean, I've told it to some people that I ask about it, you know, and I've never really been ashamed of it, you know. If if I have a buddy or a friend that has heard about it and they ask me about it, you know, I'll tell them the whole story just because, you know, it's not like I'm ashamed of it. It's it's just what happened. And and honestly,
0: you know, it's good for people to have that information. Yeah, you know. Sure. So moving forward they can be wary of that
1: um definitely yeah it was
0: kind of it was cool i like this like um story vibe we had going on yeah that was fun yeah, cool. um you did a great job oh thank you i was a little <laughs> nervous but i think you went good, so no well. <laughs> you did great yeah thanks for coming on maybe we'll have you on in the future for uh i don't know anything
2: yeah
1: hell yeah all right guys that's all we got so enjoy your weekend
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Peace.
0: Bye.
2: Fart.